We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bear Down Ballers here on the Field of 68. I'm Ryan Wall, joined by my co-host, as always, Jordan Pollock. And Jordan, the last basically week and a half of Arizona athletics has been quite the whirlwind. We've had a couple basketball games that we'll get into this past week, but we've had a couple key things happen in the football side of things. And the most important thing was last night as we're recording this, President uh, Robert Robbins fired athletic director Dave Kiki after a little over a seven-year term at Arizona. This is after Arizona has had an ongoing 200-plus million financial crisis, as they labeled it. Uh, how are you doing today, and what are your first thoughts about all of this crazy stuff happening. I'm doing great today, um, but made it back home, Louisiana. Weather cleared out. Um, hope everybody's staying safe and the roads are cleared out everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind of a week and a half. And I know last week we were talking about whether even to bring up really much of the case with the football team. And so it's good we waited. Um, yeah, it's it's great we waited. Um, and, and I think probably my opinions have even changed a little bit more about it, especially some of the things that have come out. Um, I've never been a huge fan of Hickey and some of the decisions he's made. Um, but especially over the last like 24 hours, there's just been a huge amount of like praise about how, how good of a duty is. So I, f I feel bad that, it, that a good guy lost a job. Um, 100%. but for, for what we should be getting in the next day or so from the overspending that was happening in the athletic department, probably reason enough somewhat to fire him, but also like the president is signing off on all these things. And so I, I, I think the, the greatest thing, like we've talked about the Roman empire so much in the last in the last few months, like all roads lead back to Rome. All these roads are going to lead back to, to president Robbins and 100%. And he's just like kind of, kind of delaying the inevitable. And 
And and in December, when they announced the huge deficit of the over projections that that was occurring at my phone was getting blown up from people I know down here in Louisiana, like what's going on with your school? Like they're going to close up all their athletic departments. So it's, it's been really shocking, I think. So, and even the person that was responsible is still employed with the university. She just got moved to like a different position. So I think that's, that's a part that's really interesting. You're firing Hiki because of this and, you're letting like a person that was in charge of that that led to this huge amount of deficit and over projections still keep a job at the university. Um, but yeah, th- those are some of some of my thoughts about it, and it, it's going to lead back to Robbins. Um, I saw yesterday in an article from I think it was KOLD. They're talking about how one of the um, one of the board of trustees was already putting in a no vote of no confidence for Robbins. And that was before he got fired. So he's, he's just making him an escape go. Um, I tweeted that yesterday and, and that's, that's kind of all this is kind of pointing, pointing out to, to me. What, what did you think about, about a lot of this stuff? Yeah, I totally agree with a lot of what you just said. And just the timeline of the events just doesn't make any sense. Because uh, I'll go through the timeline. January 14th is when Jed Fish was quickly hired at Washington. The 16th, just 48 hours later, less than Arizona. And Dave Hickey in particular, it seems as if he hired Brent Brennan. And then last night on the 22nd, at the end of the workday, it was revealed that Robbins fired Hickey. So it just doesn't make sense to me that... Robbins would put the trust in the hands of the guy that he's about to fire to hire the teams and your university's head football coach. I know it seems like Robbins and and everyone unanimously pretty much love Brett Brennan and that it is a great hire. He this is his dream job. He's a guy that ev- that everyone in house knows and loves. So I don't think it would have changed that. But, yeah, I totally agree that it, it does seem as if Robbins is making Hiki the scapegoat because I, I read those and heard those same things about the board already voting or, or talking about getting Robbins out. And, and that just makes it seem that he was being put under a lot of pressure and he thought, yeah, let me just get rid of the, the athletic director, even though a key part of the information that you said about the key the key person and the important person that was handling like this error and with the two hundred million dollars that has you know gone missing at Arizona and that person stays employed. So yeah, it seems like it's just a common thing in sports, you know, in other sports, an owner will fire the GM or the GM will fire the coach before they get fired. So that's what this seems like. But, yeah, my first thought was that Robbins is going to be gone very soon. And I don't know how soon, but I think people are going to start to question his him doing this after him hiring him hiring a football coach, because it just doesn't make any sense to me. Flat out. This is just an embarrassment for Arizona fans um, and everyone involved in this program. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And. And I think one one element, the basketball element, I think I can throw in there is over the last like four to five years, Heek has made 
hirings for a new softball coach, a new baseball coach, a new basketball coach, and two new football coaches. The basketball coach, Tommy Lloyd, was pretty much the only one of the only non Arizona related people that he made a hire so far. That's been the best hire that's been made that hasn't really been affected by the Robins or he hasn't been an alumni or played. That's been a home run hire so far. So Tommy Lloyd, the baseball coach, used to play at Arizona. The softball coach used to play at Arizona. Uh, Jed Fish, actually, he didn't even hire Fish. He was Robbins' guy because Robbins did heart surgery on him in the early 2000s, so they had a close relationship. So that that was Robbins' hire, technically. Yeah. And the one hire that I would say outside of Tommy Lloyd is Kevin Sumlin that Dave Hickey has made over the last four or five years. And that was that was the biggest disaster. And and Jordan, yes. you just you just mentioned Tommy Lloyd. I, I did read something that was pretty interesting is that he was supposed to get the board was supposed to approve a, a new two year extension for him for Tommy yes. Lloyd. And then it got removed. So you know, for the upcoming Board of Regents meeting. So it it's just all very crazy. And I really hope they get their stuff together in the athletic department and the higher ops at the university because they cannot afford to lose Tommy Lloyd. He like Tommy Lloyd, you, you don't know what he's thinking. He could think this is a disaster. I want out. You never know. Even Very though true. the basketball program is in a great spot and the best spot it's been in 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 years since, you know, earlier Sean Miller years. So yeah, I, I don't think this immediately affects the basketball program as Lloyd, I believe is still under contract for at least two more years. As we know in this coaching, I, I believe world. two to three. Yeah. So yeah, this was going to be another. So he sticks around for, or under contract for about five more years. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is concerning, not just for football as it directly impacts that as they recently hired their coach, but I think this impacts everything, including basketball, Definitely. because basketball is the biggest money maker, the biggest, you know, show on campus. It's it's the biggest thing for them. And yeah, it's they they need to take resources away from places. And I don't think it'll be basketball, but it I really I'm just I, I'm lost and I don't have really any words or just any thing to predict for, that goes by this athletic department in the near future. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the more we're talking about it, it, it just makes makes the position that the university is in and the athletic department even more scarier, I think, because and, and I'm really happy with the interim they put picked Coach Candrea. He's he was uh yeah. coach of the softball team for almost three decades, won multiple national championships. There's there's not another person that knows more about Arizona athletics than him. So that's a great person to step in immediately in the interim role. And and I agree with you. They need to get rid of Robbins because with even an athletic director hiring, I know it's been reported that Baylor's athletic director, who is an Arizona grad and is like a people consider him like a top 15 AD in the country. He's kind of already being leaked to the job and that would be a home run hire. Why, why, why would you step into what's going on at the university of Arizona with, with, yeah, and, and, Jordan, and with what's going on? The it's it's going to scare people away. Yeah. And, and the other point is, as I heard someone say it, but the money aspect, that's the big major yes. issue. And that that issue is going to take into effect the next athletic director. Is Arizona going to have 
whose top athletic directors, I believe, make like over a million or, you know, or your top ones around the country. I don't know how much the guy from Baylor will demand, but, you know, it doesn't seem like it seems like Arizona could go in house for this one. And then, you know, I don't know how great that is because, you know, it's the same regime, you know, they're, 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 that's why this whole thing doesn't make any sense. You're taking out the the number one guy in the athletic department, the athletic director, former athletic director, Hiki, but then the other people are still remain in place. You still have Robbins there who Robbins, you know, as you mentioned for the hiring of fish, he was calling the shots then. So he really, obviously is the president, and to me, this should all fall on him, and he should have been the first one to fall. But as I mentioned, I that's not really how it works in sports. Yeah, I yeah, I completely agree, and and especially with Arizona going now into the Big Twelve, co- even just travel costs alone are going to skyrocket. So I'm I'm really sc- scared to see what what could possibly happen in the athletic department, and and on top of this, like. Like they just need leadership right now. And, and over the last 24 hours, we've seen scapegoating from a coward that hasn't come out at any point over the last week and a half when we lost our football coach. I know he had COVID. How hard is it to step in, to make a quick video on your phone? How hard is that? It he, He's being a coward right now. And yeah, and, I, I totally and, agree. 100%. And I don't want to, I don't want to throw that word around lightly, but that's what he's been. And, and to be honest, he's been that. Like the fact that the athletic the athletic department and university has lost this amount of money, and he's taken a literal raise and a bonus every single year, even during COVID. That's insane to think about. And and, and while he's doing this, he's telling the the student body and future students as of twenty twenty five, guaranteed tuition is not going to be a thing. And and for people that don't know what that means, basically when you're a freshman you get a certain uh, number of tuition. Like I think uh, just, just a random number, like $8,000 tuition per semester. That's not going to change through four years. So now they're getting rid of that because tuition raises with every single new class. And so now students are going to be protected for four years. Their tuition is going to increase every single time while the president is getting bonuses and raises. Make it make sense. Yeah, no, make it, it, makes it sense. doesn't it do, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all to, to me. And yeah, it was that I, I didn't see that that he had covid. Maybe that is true. I just thought he was sick. But it is kind of weird that it he was absent. It seems like a lot on it during the hiring process of definitely uh, Brennan. It's just it's it just all kind of bizarre. It's all. It's just so weird. And Brennan, for a guy that did take his quote unquote dream job, it's mm-hmm. he's probably his head's probably spinning at this because it's the guy that just hired me less than a week ago is the guy who just got fired. So how does that make sense? Hiki's the guy that went to San Jose to pick up Brent Brennan and bring him back to Arizona. That doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. It doesn't make That's any not. sense. Um, do you have any other final, I think we've touched and hit upon the major factors yeah. and key points here. Do you have any other things you want to, you know, quickly hit before we move on? 
The university needs leadership. The athletic department needs leadership. I think uh, Coach Candrea is going to be a huge, a huge help for the athletic department. But overall, the university needs a leader. And at this point, I feel like it's obvious that that leader is not President Robbins. Yeah, well, that that was well said. And Jordan, the the football program, new changes, the future is unknown. The athletic de- department. Is, is the future there is unknown, but the one thing that is known is that the Arizona Wildcats, the men's basketball team, got back on track. Two wins, like we predicted, against the California schools. They moved up from 12th in the country to number nine. They their their two wins were different. The one against USC, 15 point win. They they got back on track. They were shooting it better, and then. They were actually trailing UCLA by 17, nearly 20 points, which I chalked it up as a loss midway through that game. I thought they, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't confident they were going to come back. But starting with the USC game, this was uh, earlier th- last week, and the guards just played a lot better. Love had 20, Larson mm-hmm. had 13, Boswell got back on track. He had 11 points. Still, they didn't shoot it great. Boswell only four for 12, but 40 over 40% or 40% exactly from the field at a bad average at 38.5% from deep. So we, we saw some improvement, not necessarily uh, all the way back performance from Arizona, but what were your takeaways from this game against USC? Yeah, I, th- I think that specific game is apparent with a lot of these Pac-12 games. It's hard to pull a lot out for Arizona, especially with how many injuries USC has. They should be a lot better than they are, but when you can't get guys on the court, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. But Arizona played well. They They didn't play to their highest peak, but they haven't played as bad as we have seen them, especially on the road over the last few weeks. Um yeah, I, I agree. But yeah. And, and USC, as you mentioned, they've had tons of injuries. They weren't just missing any guys. They were missing their Definitely. two lead guards. Yes. Isaiah Collier is, to me, going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. And Boogie Ellis, who's been one of the best guards in the Pac-12, seems like the last about three years plus. So when you're missing those guys, it's hard to compete. Bronny James looked good in spurts. He's still working his way back into full form. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think Arizona's guards did look good. I was really impressed by Jaden Bradley. Ten points, five steals off the bench. And he's his impact and just the, the heart that he plays <clears throat> with and his want to win, his will, it's just it's unmatched almost. His, he's just so aggressive out there. It seems like every minute he's out there, he wants to earn more. And, and that that's what you want to see from a young player, from a guy off the bench that's trying to mold a role for himself. So, yeah, I I thought he was great. Did anyone else stick out for you in this game before we move on to UCLA? I I think as much as we talk about Boswell, I think he still not to the part where we've expected him to be. I think he shot the ball a little bit better on Wednesday, but it was still – I, I just think the biggest thing with Boswell is he needs he needs to be more aggressive and try to score more in the paint. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Also, his shot just seems a little off. It, he, he, he normally 
is an above average three point shooter, hasn't shown that as of late. So, yeah, I think when that's not clicking, that's making him not as aggressive, like you mentioned, not making him, you know, take more shots. And like I said, I think it's going to take a while for these three guards, Boswell, Larson, Love, to be able to play. They they have played together, you know, early in the season on a long stretch well together during games. But I think it's going to take more time in these conference games and these tough battles to kind of find their roles. But Caleb Love, he's not, as we know, he's not known to be a high percentage shooter, but he shows up every night. He's really been elite, been one of the best guards in the Pac-12, if not the best. Had 20, as I mentioned, in this game. And he's just, it's great to have a guy that when you're down in games, like we'll get into in a couple minutes against UCLA, or even against USC, where it's a close game early on to break a game open. Caleb loves that guy, and he just, he yeah, he always shows up. He's always ready to play, but let's get into the best game of this week for Arizona, and it was, like I mentioned, it was in a tight battle, and in a battle that we didn't really expect. This UCLA team has been really bad, just to, to flat out and say it, this season they're eight and 11 Arizona beat them by six like I mentioned they were down by almost 20 and I yeah I admit I thought this game was out of hand and and was just it was out of reach for Arizona during the first part of the second half but like I like I said I mean the the just the the shot making and that level that Pell Larson was playing at in particular in that game 22 points six for 12 from the field he was just elite, making big shots. Love made a made a big shot. They just when when those guys are clicking and and get and get going, Arizona's hard to beat, and they're hard to not just beat but put away. Ar- the reason Probably Arizona true. has a chance in games when they're down by 10, 15, 20 is because they have big time players and they have guys that can shoot them out of a hole in, in the blink of an eye. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and I was just talking about Boswell, and I, and I think it's great you put specifically those those three main guards in the same conversation because I think the biggest thing that I noticed between the three guys is is age. age age is the biggest thing all three of them can shoot all, all three of them can go get rebounds all three of them can drive all three of them can finish around the rim 
But Pele and Love, when they know their shot's not falling, they're a little bit more aggressive in putting the ball on the on the floor and trying to get to the rim. And that's that's a part where I think Boswell is just young, and and it's great to have those guys with him too to be able to see that in live action. I'm just hoping he gets to a point where he's he's comfortable enough to go outside of it, go outside of his uh, comfort level enough to be able to try to get points in any way he can. And yeah, but yeah, Pele, Pele's. We keep calling him this glue guy. He he's just so much more to this team than just a glue that, guy. That, that that that's the thing about 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 Pele Larson is that he can be more on any night, but it's just yes. kind of getting that out of him is kind of the tricky thing. And that it, it seems like the yeah, it just seems like some nights he he has that star power, and some nights he doesn't. Some nights it's his night, and some it, it just it just flat out isn't. But when he's on, he is fun to watch on both ends of the floor and really can fill up the stat sheet. But kind of getting back to Kyle and Boswell, someone else that was more consistent earlier in the season kind of dipped off a little bit. That's Keisha Johnson, one of the veterans on this mm-hmm. team. He was a guy that during the first about eight, 10 games, we talked about that this guy's good for 10, 15 every night. He was leading them in scoring on the season at, at one point during a, the first bunch of games there. But, yeah, he only had four points. But he did have five rebounds, three assists. I think the thing is with expecting a lot of points every game from, from Johnson is that he he gets his baskets in weird kind of ways. Like, he's not an elite three-point shooter. He was 0 for 2 in this game. And, yeah, there are games where he hits two or three, and that that brings that total up a lot. But he he's not a dominant low-post threat. Definitely. He, he doesn't really... His game, yeah, his game's just not well-rounded enough on offense to me to expect the high-scoring ability that we did see earlier in the season. But I think he's kind of matchup-based on when he's going to perform at a high level on offense, at least because on defense he always brings the toughness and energy. Yeah, completely agree, and and I think that just speaks to the fact of of him being kind of a tweener with his size and the position that he plays and. And I, and this isn't a knock, but he he's just doesn't have one aspect of his game that is just like amazing. Like he, 100%. he's he's an okay shooter. He's an okay driver. He's okay, or he's he's a pretty good finisher. I'll give him that. He's he he's he's a solid finisher around the rim. And and we have seen him games where he's been able to even get to the free throw line around the rim. And I think that. That probably, I think, a lot more alludes to the fact of him not being able to produce 10, 15 a night, where some nights he's just going to have two. But I think probably how, how I feel about him so far is he's kind of come a little bit more to earth, I think, lately of I agree. how I thought his role would be going into the year of just just making the non-stat plays, hustling, playing great defense, getting rebounds, boxing out so your other teammates can get the rebounds, preventing offensive rebounds and stuff like that. And and I think he's he's probably been the more so a glue guy on this team right now than Pele is. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 each and every week of the college basketball season. We have a special offer that will be available starting on Tuesday, January 9th and running through Monday, February 12th, the morning after Super Bowl 
58. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, in honor of the big game, you can use the bonus code FIELD158 and you'll get $158 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD158. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure that you use that bonus code FIELD158 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create separate accounts in each state. It's easy, it's simple, it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the heart of the college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odd boosts, and my favorite, a nice juicy parlay boost. So download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Field. 158. All right, moving on, Jordan. Let's get into the game that we saw as we're recording this last night, Thursday night. Arizona suffered their third straight loss on the road in the Pac 12 season so far. They lost 83 to 80 against Oregon State, and they were leading. Arizona was leading in this game by 12 in the first half. They unraveled in the second half, which is Kind of what we always talk about, it's the opposite. They start off slow, and they finish stronger. This was the opposite. Oregon State was just shooting the lights out of the ball. They made 12-3, 60%. Jordan Pope looked like Steph Curry out there. And I, I'm starting to worry more and more about this team every time they lose on the road. W what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I would I would agree. I think still some of the tendencies are still very similar with kind of a majority of all these home losses that we've seen. They all happen the same way. The home team shoots an ungodly percentage from either three-point line or or from the field, and they have one or two guys that just have almost career nights. They they look unstoppable. And Arizona's backcourt like doesn't fully show up. I know I know early it seemed I, I felt like Caleb and, and Pele were, were pretty dang good early. They were both aggressive. Right. But the thing is is Boswell. Boswell outside of a, a Duke a Duke game has done very little when he plays on the road. And that seems to really affect this team, apparently. Um 100%. I know one of the one of the other things is even down the stretch, I know they went over two minutes without scoring right after the five minute mark in the second half, you're, you're not going to win many games, especially tight games when you're going two plus minutes without even scoring. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's really, it's unacceptable. The performances that Boswell is putting out there. It's that, that simple in the last couple of games we've talked about just to reiterate it. He's had zero points, two of the last four games, obviously a game against UCLA had three points, and he's one for nine shooting the last two games. And it's just, yeah, it, he's not turning the ball over a ton, which is great. But, like, last night against Oregon State, he's getting in foul trouble early. He's not staying on the court. And when he's on the court, he's not really affecting the game in a positive way. And 
And Jordan, I, I, I was really, during Kirk Kreese's time as point guard of this Arizona team the last two years, I was really critical of him because he made a ton of mistakes. He turned the ball over a lot. He was a, he was a wild shooter and wasn't consistent. And so I gotta I, I gotta you know give the same to Kylan Boswell when he's not playing well. I get this is Boswell's first year, and I'm going to keep saying that this is his first year as a starter and first year getting major minutes because last year his minutes were scattered throughout the year. So, but but. Just while saying that, I also want to say the if you're the point guard of an Arizona team, you just have to be better. And if this team wants to get to where they want to get to, maybe a Final Four, an Elite Eight, a Sweet 16, hopefully all that stuff, Boswell is going to have to be better. And like you said, it, the other guys were pretty good in this game. Pella Larson, Caleb Love combined for 40. They They shot the lights out of the ball. Arizona shot the ball over 52% from the field. They they only made three three-pointers. That was atrocious, but they 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 still had some very good production from their other guards. So it, Boswell really needs to pick up his end uh, like his slack and he needs to just contribute more for this team to be successful. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree and and it's kind of almost just like every facet of his game like I think it was the last road trip. He had a game where he didn't record a stat and it was just like, there was no way he was impacting the game. And, and we, we've had games over the last few years with Kirk Carissa where he's not shooting. And it, it was offensively, that was kind of his only tool, at least like scoring wise. The only thing he could do was shoot. He, he had probably maybe three or four drives for layups his entire career with Arizona. But outside of that, when, when he had nights when he didn't shoot, he was still like a facilitator in some way. He would still at least get a few assists, maybe he was a try lot to bring aggressive. up a charge. For sure, for sure. And, it, and it's just mind-blowing. And and again, like I, I, I've said it in the last few weeks, like I, I think it just points to how young he is. Like he he's just going through a really bad stretch and 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 he's not for surely – figured out how to really break out of it and and into to some of the teams they've played credit the teams have not been great but the leading guards have played really well like jordan pope went crazy last night for 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 oregon he had or oregon state he had over 30 points like we can't talk about like how bad arizona is without talking about how well some of the teams that they've played against have have played when they played them and i, I know a few weeks ago Somebody, uh, I think it was one of the Duke players, were talking about like, oh, like everybody's like okay, but the second we show up, it's like they play their hardest against us, and it's like when you're the best in your conference, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is, you yep. know. And 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 that's that spans over multiple sports and over like multiple different conferences and universities. Arizona right now is is still on a talent level still leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else in the Pac-12. And wherever they're going to go, the team they're playing against is going to give them their best shot because at least they have a chance to storm the court after a win. Yeah, and that's because Arizona comes into these seasons, and this season in particular, of winning multiple Pac-12 championships and tournaments. Yep. And, you know, two years ago, going to the Sweet 16 last year, didn't work out so well in the tournament. But, yeah, I agree. It comes more pressure comes when when you're better when when you win more success is expected but when but 
like yeah so when more is expected you have to perform well and there's less room for error and Definitely. I kind of like Arizona this year I feel like just had so much success like they have the past three years early in the season and I kind of feel like they didn't they weren't tested enough in, in a lot of those games the Duke game they were but uh, like besides like not up until the Purdue game is when that stretch started. And that's when Arizona has been five and six since that Purdue game, um, which is just terrible. Yeah. We'll get into that in just a minute. A couple other things I wanted to touch on in this game is you mentioned the shot making has been unbelievable from an Oregon state, from an FAU in a couple of these losses, but also the defense and Arizona guarding the perimeter have been terrible in, in these games and in particular against Oregon state, they were getting uncontested, like wide open three point shots. And, and also Jordan Pope. Uh, I remember one possession late in the second half. He, he, uh, I think he missed the layup, got the rebound and then, and then like dribbled it back out and, or, or he went out to the perimeter and he got the ball back and, and, and hit a three. It's like, it just seems like these other teams want it more. And when you, want to be the best team in the Pac-12 in a conference, you always have to want it more. And, and it, yeah, mm -hmm. it just seems like this team is just, they wave, this Arizona team wavers too much with their energy and effort level. And I've said it and I've harped on it this entire season because even in their wins, they've been frustrating in during parts of those games. They, they still just... They, they just can't put it all together up until this point. They just haven't had a game in a long time where they, they all put it together and everybody is just playing good basketball. And I think that's a test to younger players stepping up into bigger roles like Kylan Boswell. And also all of these players playing very little with each other heading into this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with a lot of the things you said and, and, and I think from my perspective, I think, I think a lot of it, and I keep talking about it is just the energy and the momentum that this team needs to show up for games is, is just, it just is more daunting with every road loss, especially this one. Like before last night, Oregon state was dead last and have the sole spot of dead last in the conference. And the, that like, if you watch a broadcast, the gym is less than halfway full. I still don't understand how they had that many students to even storm. They just showed up out of nowhere, probably during the game. I was like, Oh my gosh, we're only <laughs> losing by 10 to Arizona. We yeah. could have a shot. And maybe they showed up, but, but it's, it's just, it's just very frustrating, especially when, when we go to Duke and that's such a big game and in that environment and this team plays to the top, to the top of their ability. We like, that was basically their peak so far this year that we've seen like you still think it was their best one so far and and it's just it's just hard and I, and I know I know one thing to kind of maybe possibly to look at still like I was trying to be the glass half full kind of guy is there's still over a month left to right the ship and to be playing your best ball by the time the tournament starts and yeah. unless if something catastrophic happens like I, this team is still going to get a, an automatic bit. I think I, like hundred percent, not a doubt. That, not, not a doubt. Yeah. And so I, there's still a lot of hope for this team and, and who knows, maybe that's something they need too. maybe. 
I believe they need to be a seven or a six seed to play somebody that's really good in the second and third round, or maybe even the first round, just have one of those crazy matchups. Like every, every March, everybody talks about the five and the 12 matchup, how the 12 seems to win at least two, two times every single year, because usually 12, the 12 seeds are usually the guys that are really underseeded really badly. And so maybe that's something this team needs is a scare from a good team and to play some really good competition early in the tournament and to get to maybe even have a chance to be able to get some motivation. I still, still, I'm, I'm just thankful that all March, March madness games are neutral site games and not true road games. I think that's, that's the best perspective that I feel like I can have for this team right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I haven't given up all hope for this season, although it seems bleak right now. And I yes. still believe in Caleb Love in the long term. Or K- not Caleb Love, uh, Kylan Boswell, I meant to say there. Agreed. I believe in Caleb Love too. But yeah, I, I still believe Boswell will figure it out by the end of this season. And if he comes back, I do think he will be a great point guard for Arizona in the future. But just Agreed. in the current state, this Arizona team to me is just, they're an average team. They're, they're right now, I'm not saying, like I said, I think they can be a great team when the season's over. Seems like we agree on that. But right now, this team is average. They're five and six, like I said, in the last 11 games. They're five and three in the Pac-12 in a conference when it, it's one of, like we said, still one of the worst conferences in basketball. They're losing to not just better and winning teams in the conference. They're losing to Stanford. They're losing to Oregon State like the worst teams in the conference, which is very concerning. And it's just, yeah, I think this team has a far way to go. And I, I still think I believe in Tommy to get the job done and to get this group together. But right now there's just so many question marks that my, my belief is continuing to kind of get smaller every single game. Because it seems like every game, they don't correct the things that we saw last game. And the games are are only going to get tougher. More stakes are going to be on the line. Teams are going to need to win more to try to get an automatic bid or try and try to boost their March Madness stock as we get later in the season. And um, do, do you have any other thoughts before we get uh, into the Oregon game that's taking place Saturday afternoon? I would just say I, I agree with your point on we're not seeing quick fixes or at least somewhat subtle adjustments. And I think that's 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 the next option I feel like this team has. Like I know against UCLA last past Saturday, they rolled out Bradley in the second half to start over Boswell. And and may, maybe this is starting to get to the time, at least on the road games, where you start to look and maybe start him even instead of Boswell, at least on the road. I don't know what that would really look like different different starters yeah. on road games versus home games but it, it's it's an interesting thought no yeah it is and the yeah it's good that this is happening earlier than later as we know so hopefully unlike past years they lose a bunch in the middle of this early middle of the season and then they win more later rather than losing early when it really matters um but on that note, we're going to move on and we're going to get right into the game on Saturday afternoon against Oregon. But the better games on Saturday, it's on the East Coast. It's 530 tip off. It's on Fox. 
So a national television game, 3.30 tip-off in Tucson. And this is an Oregon Ducks team that's playing a little better than I, I originally thought. They are tied with Arizona at 5-2 and two at the top of the Pac-12. And they have some veterans. They got Jermaine Cousinard, their lead guard. He's been really good. Over 14 a game, five rebounds, shooting at almost 40%. And they 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 don't shoot it that well. They, they only shoot it a little over 37%. And they only score a little over 78 points per game. So they're going to, to me, struggle to keep up with Arizona. But Jordan, as we know, in past games, in this this uh, matchup, Arizona and Oregon, when they go to Oregon, that, that crowd, that environment, that court, it's a weird one, but the, the crowd is always crazy. Yeah, you said it. I, th- I think the court's probably a bigger thing than than most of just how funky it looks. I, I, I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I do don't you, either. Actually. What do you? I agree. Yeah? I agree. I agree. Okay. I, yeah, I, I think I it's kind of cool. cool. I, it's yep. different. It's 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 Oregon to me, to be honest. It yeah, just I like, needs a bigger Nike logo on the yeah, court, I, like, I feel like. <laughs> I, I like weird courts because, you know, most of the courts nowadays look semi, you know, the same. So it's cool to see, you know, turn on your TV, see a different, unique court. And like you said, when you see that, you turn on the TV, you don't know who's playing, you turn that on. You know it's true. Oregon. Very true. <laughs> how, um, how do you see but, this one playing out? Historically, Arizona has struggled up there. I, I, I can even remember back to DeAndre Ayton days. I think we got upset up there. And I think we were top five at that point. And that was a crazy game. But Oregon's coming off a rough road trip around the four corners. They lost at Utah. They lost at Colorado. I, I think it'll be a really close game. I think it will be. And and like you said, like that's the pro team around there. Like that's that's really all there is to do in Eugene is to go to Oregon games. And and Dana's a great coach. And that freshman class has been really solid for the for him this year. And he's done such a good job of of just roster turnover over the years, of picking and plugging in transfers whenever he needs to and and his development is very mm-hmm. underrated. I feel like his development's super underrated. Great coach, great and, coach, and and his ability to just kind of mesh it all together is, has led him to some some awesome success. He had a Final Four run in the last ten years, and uh, yeah, I th- I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll probably be within five points, and I I think Oregon actually will will upset them. Wow, I I just look I just looked it up. Jordan Arizona hasn't won a game in Eugene, Oregon since 2014-15 season. Six uh six game losing streak in Eugene. Pretty crazy. I didn't I know they haven't had much success there as of late, but I didn't think it was like that. And Arizona in general, they've won two out of three, but before that, they lost seven straight overall against Oregon. So yeah. they haven't had a ton of success. They've had some recently, but even last year, they lost by 19 points in Oregon. And I remember last yeah. year, I thought Arizona was the better team too. So, yeah, I, I think this, it's so hard for me to pick this game because, I like you said, I do think it's going to be a close game. I think it will be closer. But I think, I I don't know. It just, actually Arizona coming back and winning that game against UCLA, that, that has made me, 
a little more confident when Arizona gets down mm-hmm. and gets in these closer games, especially, you know, you know, against these storied programs, because I think that, yeah, I agree. This one will be close like uh, last week's against UCLA, but I think Arizona is going to pull it out. I think they need to, they need to get a, a real kind of, you know, good win on the road. And I think this could be their first chance that, you know, because obviously they want at Cal, but Cal's Cal. So, um, yeah, they, they gotta get, they gotta get a big win in. And I think this is it, but do you have any other final thoughts before we go today? Yeah. And, and I would say probably the thing that tips in Arizona scale is their ability to play in front of crowds and, and, or Oregon, Oregon isn't a pushover. Like they're, they're fan. They, they show up for games. Like their fans are good. So, Hopefully, hopefully Oregon goes a little bit over the top and and boos the crap out of Caleb Love and he just goes nuclear again like he did at Duke and so that that I think that's a thing that plays plays into it for them and 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 like going back to what you said about the UCLA game I feel like McHale was a big reason for that comeback and and I've I feel like still I'm very questionable how this team can play when they have momentum versus the win, nobody's in the gym. How's the crowd reacting? Like this, this team is still, I probably emotional is probably a better word. This team is just very emotional. And, and when there's no emotion that they just don't know what to do at times. Yeah, I agree. This is one of the biggest tests and road tests for this Arizona team this year. I think we'll learn a lot in these next two games. If Arizona is a legit final four team this season, but that's all we have time for today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today, for watching, viewing, liking, and subscribing. Please follow us on X at Bear Down AZ Pod. Follow the field of 68, and we'll see you next time.